What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lindsay Mejia. Oh my gosh, you just told me it. I said that right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay Mejia on the call today, and I'm so excited. Um, Lindsay and I met on Instagram. She reached out to me after, I think you listened to a few podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. And you were like, girl, I have a story to share. And (laughs) I'm so excited because this is going to be kind of, I mean, you've given me a little bit of a rundown, but this will be my first time hearing it as well. So I'm just going to throw it at you, Lindsay, and start wherever you'd like. Okay. Hi, guys. Um, So um, my husband and I got married. I was 25 years old. Um, Right now I'm 27. So that was like the summer of 2017. And we went on our honeymoon and I was just like, you know, whatever happens, we're just like young and we don't really care what happens. You know, we weren't really trying to get pregnant, but ended up getting pregnant right on the honeymoon. So, um, came back and was like, you know, I'm young, I'm not going to miscarry. I'm not going to look at those statistics and stuff. So, um, you know, I was like blissfully naive, I will call it. But anyways, um, we went to get a heartbeat and the ultrasound at seven weeks. So that was good. And then um, about like eight to 10 weeks, we started telling people, like I was telling everybody at work, I was so excited. Um, And I'm I'm really glad I actually did tell people around that time. I ended up telling some people at work like the day before our um, like horrible ultrasound. But later I was really grateful for that because everyone was very supportive and like sent really nice gifts and stuff. But anyways, we went in for a regular visit 11 weeks, but baby, baby was measuring 10 they were having a hard time finding the heartbeat. So um, that was on a Friday. And um, of course, they're like, it's like Friday afternoon. And they're like, okay, we're going to send you to the hospital nearby, get a second opinion, make sure. And so we like drive over there. Of course, I'm like sobbing and like, just completely, we're both just beside ourselves. I'm so glad my husband was there. Um, And Again, they're like, okay, did you, like, have any symptoms, like, any pregnancy symptoms that went away? Or, like, did anything happen? Like, were you bleeding? And I'm like, no, I had literally no, nothing to show me that this baby was not alive anymore. So they confirmed it. And they're like, sorry, it's Friday. I know, like, everybody's leaving for the day, but your doctor is not answering pages. So you, I'm probably just going to send you home. And I was like, cool. Okay. Um, so I had no direction on what was going to happen. No one told me anything. Um, they were just like, I think your doctor will just follow up with you. So I had to wait all weekend long to get any kind of direction. I ended up, um, calling the on-call doctor like Saturday night because I was so distraught. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just, just wait for this dead. Like, you know, I'm like, what? I'm just waiting for direction, you know? Yeah. I had no idea what was, I mean, I didn't even really at that point know anyone who had miscarried even like remotely closely. So I had no idea of what was going to happen. So, um, Saturday night, I ended up calling the on-call doctor, which was not my doctor. He was like, yeah, I mean, we could schedule a DNC for you if you're having, like, active bleeding and stuff. But um, if you're not, we can just wait until Monday. And I'm like, okay. So basically, I felt like 
none of this was important to anyone else but me and like my husband and so we're just like left in this like limbo period so anyways um Sunday we ended up like this is very morbid but my husband and I started googling like ways like in ancient cultures people would like miscarry and like like start a miscarriage you know what I mean yeah um so we found like these like pressure points that actually like help start labor so I was like pressing on those and um those are like known by like doulas and stuff I guess <clears throat> and like essential oils to use that you're not supposed to use when you're pregnant because it can start labor because I was like I just want this to like go away like I, yeah I'm, I'm like over this so were you, I was like did you prefer like miscarrying naturally over the DNC at that point I didn't know what to do so I was just trying you were anything. just wanting it to be done I was just yeah. like I didn't even know there was really like I mean I knew there was a medication but no one had mentioned that no one had mentioned they were like we'll probably have to schedule a DNC like once like Monday rolls around and that was, like, the worst, like, 48 hours of waiting and, like, just emotional turmoil. Um, so en- we ended up, like, going to the gym, and I was just, like, doing all this, like, really heavy weightlifting, like, very heavy, like, pelvic. Like, my husband's, like, a weightlifter, too. And um, we just did all these, like, deadlifts and stuff. And it actually made me start bleeding and um, cramping really bad that night. Um, so I was like, okay, well, now it's starting. And um, I just remember, like, being in, like, the fetal position on the couch, and my husband's like, okay, well – we need to like order some food like we haven't eaten and stuff and um we got Chinese like I know this sounds like very trivial but um you know then like over time like over these past like two years I've been like hey let's get Chinese for dinner my husband's like mm, no I can't and I'm like why does he never want Chinese food so one time I just asked him and he's like yeah I think I like it takes me back to that night and I'm like oh my gosh like it's like a trigger for my husband interesting <laughs> Which, I know. I was always like, why can you not eat Chinese food? Yeah. But that, that must be why. That's why he finally said something about it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but anyways, so that was like a big night of pain. And I was taking like, you know, ibuprofen and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't bleeding a ton yet, but um, it definitely had started. So next, that was Sunday night. Monday morning, I woke up and was like feeling okay. And I was like, okay, well, now I can talk to like the doctor and like call the office and see what we're going to do. And um, then like all the cramps came back, all the bleeding came back and it was starting to get heavy. And I was like in the most pain I've ever been in my life. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like ibuprofen's not helping. So I ended up having like an old Percocet from like a dental procedure. And I was like, I don't care. I'm taking this. Like, this is horrible. Um, and then I was like, I just don't know what to do anymore. I can't just like sit at my house. So I called the doctor and they were like, yeah, you should go to the ER. So I ended up going to the ER um, hung out there like basically all day and made a huge mess of the stretcher that I was on. And like, just, I was just bleeding all over the place. It was like a murder scene. Um, I mean, it was like a 10 week baby. Yeah. So it was pretty big. And then finally I felt like an egg. I mean, were you having like, like contractions? I, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it was just like the worst pain I've ever felt. And it was like something was ripping apart inside of me. Yeah. Um, and finally I felt like an, I mean, I was like sitting on the toilet. I mean, you don't even know what else to do. I was like, I don't want this baby to pass in the toilet, but like, I'm literally bleeding all over the place. Like I was all over. It was like dripping down my legs. It was just like the most like gory scene I'd ever seen. And, um, finally I felt like this like egg sized thing come out. And then I was like, okay, that like, that was definitely the baby, which was like horrible because then it was like in the toilet and I'm like, I'm not going to like fish this out because I mean, you kind of want to see, but you're also like in this like emotional, like you're just freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt bad. I really felt bad about flushing, but like, what else are you supposed to do? 
Um, but anyways, then the pain kind of subsided. So that also like was like, okay, I think that everything has passed. But I was still in the hospital at that point, And they were like, well, we're just going to still do a DNC. And so I went through all that and got knocked out and stuff. So um, anyways, I came back, you know, took off like a week of work. And um, I was still in like a lot of pain. And I bled for like two weeks. And no one told me that it was going to happen. Um, and like, I, I didn't really know anyone who, like, like I said, closely who had miscarried. So I, yeah. was, I didn't have anybody to go off of where I could pretty much had me. Google as a resource. Right. And then yeah. I was like, I could call the doctor's office, but I've already called them like 400 times. And they like, <laughs> you know, they can get kind of annoyed with you. I feel like. Yeah. F Which you. is so sad. Which but is really I totally sad. Know, yeah. I totally know what you mean. It's like, you it's like the, don't, the receptionist like knows you and is like, mm, okay. <laughs> yep. Do you call a million times? Um, but yeah, so I, after that first miscarriage, I had a really hard time like finding community. Like I didn't know how to like deal with this. And it was like so emotionally and physically taxing for especially those first two weeks. Um, and the um, complicated thing about me not knowing anyone who'd miscarried, but also my sister was pregnant at this time. And she, um, she had gotten pregnant with kind of like a fling at the time. So it's kind of like a really big oops. And I mean, when she first got pregnant, we were all like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Like, we're going to love this baby. Everything's going to be good. And of course, I was like already like super excited for her. And then our babies were going to be only like five months apart. So she was like, actually, you know, we were both like happy about that. But then I lost mine. And um, it was just like very hard for me to like listen to her talk about her pregnancy symptoms or be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so big. And like, I'm so tired and I'm like I wish I could have those symptoms back you mm -hmm. know and I'm like so I kind of had a complex like I couldn't like I mean first of all she had no idea what to say to me and I didn't know what to say to her and then um you know like when she finally had the baby everyone's like oh my gosh this is so exciting aren't you so happy and I'm like I mean this was only like three months after my miscarriage I'm like I'm still a hundred percent grieving I had a really hard time I like I mean, I didn't even know, like, who to turn to. I don't, I don't even think I had gone to therapy yet at that point. But um, it was – I just remember meeting her baby and being like, I don't know how I feel right now. Like, normally people are like, oh, my gosh, it's such a sweet little baby. And I'm like, I don't know what I feel. I Which is a horrible home. feeling in itself. Right, because this is my niece. Like, the, mm -hmm. And actually, she chose me as the godmother. So it was already like, I'm supposed to love this baby. She's my godchild. Like – you know, um, her middle name is my middle name. Like my sister, like put all these things into like, you know, honor, like, I don't know, like a family, you know, family name and stuff. And I was just like, I cannot deal with it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I can like bond with this little baby. Um, and I just remember like going home with my husband that night and being like, I don't know if I feel happy. Like, I feel really bad about saying that, but also at the same time, I was like, I am in a huge mess of my own right now. So it was really hard for me to, um, I mean, now I adore my niece. She and I have a great relationship and my sister and I, same, like we have a great relationship, but it was really hard for those few months to just, I mean, it, I, I feel like it took me like probably six months to be like, okay, I love this child. I know this is like the fact that she got pregnant out of nowhere. And the fact that I lost my baby when I'm in like a committed loving relationship, like no offense to them or anything, but I was like, why does it happen this way, you know? Yeah. And what um, you're, I mean, and that's such a, 
normal feeling. Like right. every woman who has gone through this is probably just like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. right I now. mean, this in anyone else's situation, it could be like your best friend. It could be mm-hmm. like, but it was also like my sister several times throughout the pregnancy had asked me if like Marco and I, my husband would um, adopt her in case like she couldn't do it. And I was like, I mean, of course, but like, I have just like a complex right now. Yeah. So it was. Like, were you open with your sister about your feelings or were you kind of like. Yeah, I think I was like, I would be like, I'm not having a good day or I'm like literally in the bathroom crying at work and I don't know what to do or like, you know, but like no one knew what to say to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember my sister, my sister thought she was pregnant. I think like after my third miscarriage and she didn't tell me and I found out through my other sister. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was like, why wouldn't you tell me that you thought this? Like, I want to be here for you. But at the same time, I had these feelings of like, oh, my gosh, this is going to suck if she is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could not be happy. Like, I was just trying. And I was like, you know, people around me were like, oh, aren't you so happy? And I'm like, uh, (laughs) this is not like the most popular answer. But no, like, I really don't know what I feel. And they weren't trying. Like, they they've like been snipped and everything like, mm-hmm. like they're done having kids and I just oh my remember gosh. being like if this happens like I'm just gonna be devastated and then how am I yes. gonna handle that so I like what you went through like I you get it to you because that <laughs> is rough <laughs> yes it was for a very long time I actually I um I've been listening to the podcast and like some people are like oh I you know I grieved for like three months and I'm like I grieve for a year and a half. So yeah. if anyone out there is like, I'm still struggling, don't worry. I was there like for a full year and a half. So yeah. Anyways, um, even, I think my hormones too were just like all over the place. There was um, like, I think probably the month after my miscarriage, I was at work and like, you know, I'm like looking for help anywhere I could. So I'm just like Googling like people who have like complexes with <laughs> their sisters or siblings having like pregnancies or like, I think I was at work just like trying to read some like self-help things or whatever. And, um, I just all of a sudden started crying and I was on my break and I came back and I couldn't stop crying. And everyone's like, um, hello, like, are you okay? I was like, no, I really like, I'm struggling today. And, um, I was just like sobbing, like, I'm so embarrassed and was like, Hey, I think I have to leave. And, um, I called the doctor's office and was like, I cannot stop crying. Like my hormones are so out of whack. And they were like, oh, come on in. We'll give you a progesterone shot. So they put this like huge shot in my butt. And like within 36 hours, I was like, holy crap, I feel better. Like, I think my hormones just like dropped so bad. And um, I think that also contributed to my like emotional, like distress for like so long. You know what I mean? Like I was like also Googling, how long should you be crying hysterically after a miscarriage, you know? Um which there's no right answer. There's to. no right answer. Right. And I was like, is this normal? You know, that's why I was like calling the doctor. Like I yeah. stop crying. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so then, you know, a few months later, I think about six months later, I was like starting to feel a little bit better and was like, okay, let's try again. Um, because now, even though I wasn't trying for that first baby, I was like, well, now I've felt what it's like to be pregnant. And I would really like, I want a baby now. Because before we got married, I was, like, whenever, like, I'm not really, like, adhering to some sort of, like, time, like, whatever, whenever it happens, that, that's great for us, you know. But now yeah. I was, like, I know what it feels like, so I want it. 
That's and, one um, thing that I'd say that like I'm grateful for is um I was the same way. I we were like, well, if it happens, it happens. We're not, you know, totally sure. And then when we got pregnant, I think that's when you once you see that positive pregnancy test, that's when you realize how badly you do want it. Yes, exactly. You know? So then I was like, okay, I think we're ready to try again. Turns out we were like, I mean, I was still like very all over the place, but we were like, okay, let's try again. Um, and like we're we like use some like ovulation stuff, and we're like, yeah, let's just like try this, and we ended up getting pregnant again pretty fast. And I was like, okay, this is really good, like for the overall picture, I can get pregnant pretty fast, like. Okay. So then, um, I, you know, found out like the day of my misperiod. So I was like four weeks pregnant and was like, okay, I'm super excited. Um, but then the anxiety set in and it was like, okay. And then I had like some brown spouting and stuff. And I was like, okay, the internet and my doctor <laughs> says this is okay. But then I was like, just so anxious. I think I, you know, they were like doing the serial HCGs and stuff and they were like, okay, it's doubling, you know, but then it like didn't quite double like the neck, the third one, the third draw. And they're like, okay, we'll just like, you know, keep an eye, you know, but at this point I'm like four and a half or like five weeks pregnant or something. And like the whole time I'm just like completely freaking out. Just like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to miscarry again just because of like my anxiety levels and just the brown spotty and I was like I just didn't like it and I was like I just don't think this is good even though many pregnant women have live births with this and I was just like I just don't think it like I just had this like feeling of doom the whole time yeah so for two weeks of being knowing that I was pregnant I was just like in this like dark cloud I just didn't really bond with the baby I wasn't like as excited as I was the first time and was just like I can't I couldn't enjoy the pregnancy because I was so anxious and um of course, so I started bleeding around the six-week time and then went to the ER. I was like, you know, bright red bleeding. Um, and they're like, you know, of course, then happened at the same ER. I passed again in the toilet. I was like, okay, there it goes. I kind of knew that was going to happen. Like, I just felt like it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, like, after that, I just felt like not – like, the first loss, I was more angry and just, like, confused The second loss, I was more just, like, I'm over it, and I, like, am more, like, sad and just, like... Defeated. Defeated, yes, exactly. And I was, like, that's fine. I'll just get a hysterectomy and never have kids. Like, I just was so, like, like, I'm just not going to deal with this anymore. Like, I'm just going to be on birth control and just, like, not even deal with this. Like, I, I don't think I can ever get pregnant again because I can't handle this amount of pain. And I think that's probably normal that people feel that way. So if you ever like, yeah, I'm going to get a hysterectomy. Like, it's all going to be over. Like, I told my therapist that at one point. And she was like, just because you can eliminate that sort of pain from, like, childbirth and, like, getting pregnant, sure, go ahead. Have your hysterectomy. But that doesn't prevent you from having pain in any other area of your life. I was like, dang, you're smart. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, that's not going to eliminate pain forever because that's what I was trying to do. Like, just be like, okay, well, I just won't have pain anymore. Like, you know, I won't have this trauma happen to me anymore. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I, you know, moved on from the hysterectomy idea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Um, So, you know, along with the whole, like, I'm over this idea, like, I don't want to be poked and prodded anymore. Um, When I went in for like the two week follow up, um, they're like, okay, we're going to do an ultrasound. I'm like, heck no, you're not. Like, I already know the baby. Like, there's nothing in there. You're not going to find anything. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, we don't have to. And I was like, 
I'm only here because someone told me to come here. Like, I am just completely, like you said, defeated. And like, I, I'm like, there's nothing left in there. I already know. Like, I'm not going to keep getting things shoved up there. Like, you know, because every time you're in the ER, they're doing it. And every time you go for a visit, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like, just enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that loss happened January, 2018. So we're like over a year past that now, but, um, all of 2018 then I was like now like retrospectively was like a huge year of growth for me but at the time I thought I was like in absolute hell because never got pregnant that whole year and I was just obsessed with my like fertility like just obsessed with trying to conceive and like okay we can do this again like once I finally got in a better place I was just like I tracked everything and it consumes you like completely consumes I didn't have any joy left in my life because this is all I cared about and it took me a really long time to realize that trying to conceive was like just completely took over my life like there would be points where I'd be like in the airport with my husband going on a trip and I'd be like I think I might be pregnant this month so I'm not gonna go through the scanner my husband's like what like you don't there's no you don't even know yet and I was like I but I I might be Yeah. And I felt like a psych, like, he's like, you realize that's like completely psychotic. And I was like, yes, I know, but I'm not going to like, you know, like I felt like I just was like so hyper aware of everything. So for that whole year, this is like basically how it's going. I mean, like I even got my period on mother's day that year. I just was like, oh my gosh, it was just so rough. Um, and then probably like midway through the year, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm doing therapy. I'm exercising. I'm eating how I'm supposed to be eating. I'm journaling. I'm doing everything like to try to heal from these miscarriages, but also like, like be prepared for like a future pregnancy. And I just like let it take over. And I still was like having issues like with anxiety. And of course I was because I was like letting this consume me and just was like, you know, doing things like how I did with the airport. And, um, finally I was like, you know what? I think I need some meds because this is not cutting it. Like, everything that, like, your therapist tells you to do or, you know, any self-help book. It's, like, I was doing all that and I still was struggling with my losses, with the complex I have with my sister who has this, like, beautiful child. And then, like, me not – still not getting pregnant where I, like, got pregnant so fast before. So I was, like, what is going on, you know? So um, got on some anti-anxiety meds, which, like, super helped. I mean, I can't, like – I tried to push it off for the longest time. I'm glad I finally I finally gave in and was like, "Oh, this is how normal feels." Okay, yeah. So, um, but yeah, once I like finally was like doing all those things, I'm you know like therapy and all that, um, and starting to look into more like self help like books and like podcasts. Thanks, Shelley. Um, (laughs) Finally, I was like, "Oh, this is like this is helpful," you know, and then. Once I started feeling comfortable telling people that I had miscarriages, they would be like, oh, me too. Or, oh, my sister. Oh, my, you know, so-and-so had issues. And they would be like, you know, then I was like, it's everywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and finally I started to like, you know, get comfortable with that and um, have people I can talk to, like close friends now that like would, we would talk about that. And actually one of my good friends we miscarried around the same time and we had both just gotten married and um, 
So we kind of were like going through this at the same rate. So that was super helpful when I finally told her and she hadn't told anyone yet either. And we were like, Oh, thank God. Like we both needed like an outlet. So that was super nice when you like find somebody or even like some sort of community, because that was huge for me. Um, but then, yeah, after it's like 11 or 12 months down the road of that, of 2018, we were like, okay, well maybe there is something really wrong. Um, so first I was kind of like, well, we've had problems in the past. Now we're having like, can't get pregnant problems. So, I mean, my husband and I have always been open to adoption. So we were like, well, let's book a fertility clinic appointment. And then let's also do like, like look into some adoption stuff. So, um, what ended up happening was the, um, night of the adoption event, my husband got like bad food poisoning. So we didn't go. And I feel like that was like God or the universe being like, don't give up yet. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's not the route to take yet. And I was like, okay, like, you know, and, um, I ended up having, um, finding a really good fertility clinic and, um, they were awesome. And I, um, a bunch of labs drawn. Um, they checked my husband's sperm stuff and that was all fine. Um, and then, um, they did like one of those saline HSGs and that all looked fine. Um, but they did, I did have the MTHFR, uh, mutation come back, but everyone, like some OBs, I feel like they're like, Oh, that's, you know, not a big deal. And some, I feel like on the internet, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, this is why I miscarried. And so I'm kind of in between on that. I don't know if yeah. you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I My doctor doesn't believe in it. Um, so I don't even think he tested me for it. And I okay. personally just decided to go on a folate prenatal instead of a folic acid prenatal because it doesn't matter which one you're on. And right. folate ten, like is good for the MTHFR gene. If that right. even is, you know what I mean? Like, Right. I mean, I feel like it's still doing so – like there's so much research still going on about it. But yeah. the same thing for me. I um, – was told to take the full late. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. I mean, but they also were like, easy switch, you know, and they they were like, I don't think this is why you miscarried, but like, I guess 40% of the population has this mutation. So it's like, and they don't think it's it's a big deal. I'm willing to try anything. (laughs) Yeah. And someone, and I've also heard to take a baby aspirin. So I started taking the baby aspirin, like kind of anyway, like even when I was still trying to conceive, like yeah. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't hurt. Like everybody takes baby aspirin. I mean, not really, but like, <laughs> some, some people are like, oh, I don't want to have a heart attack. And they're like in their fifties, I'll just take a baby aspirin. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I don't feel like it doesn't harm much, but also maybe helps, maybe not. But then my OB is like, you can take the baby aspirin or not. I don't really, I mean, I don't really think it makes a difference. And I was like, well, I'm kind of superstitious. She's like, go ahead and take it. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, we, after going to see the fertility clinic, then, um, they said after this HSG test, which is like, they shoot saline up and like, make sure your tubes are open and everything are like, Oh, you know, after this test, you have like a little bit higher chance of conceiving like this cycle or the next cycle. So if you want to like try real hard, <laughs> like, okay, great. Um, and, um, so we ended up getting pregnant that cycle, which Thanks. was February of this year. And, um, I will be 11 weeks on Monday, um, which I am right at that point, like the, of my first loss. So kind of triggering, very triggering. I've been like 
kind of psychotic this week, but the, um, I did choose to stay on the anxiety meds, which has helped tremendously and my doctor okayed it and everything. Um, but I'm still like this week is triggering for me. So I'm like, you know, I work at a hospital. So I'm like, does anyone want to like go scan my belly in the ultrasound room? (laughs) (laughs) Which like, I'm very like thankful for that blessing, but I, you know, I can't do it like every day, but like sometimes I'm like, Hmm might break the rules. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm like, I have an appointment on Tuesday and I'm like, Oh God, please be a heartbeat. Like, you know, yeah. and my OB is being very gracious to like, let me come in weekly just for like the last, like next few weeks until I feel more comfortable, which is like a huge blessing because like right around this, like up until this point, I was like, well, I don't even know how to describe it. Almost like if I lost it earlier, maybe it wouldn't be super painful and it wouldn't be like I've invested, not invested, but like invested all this time. Like now I'm like, okay, this is like 11 weeks of, you know, changing your lifestyle and right. And I've been like falling in love with this baby. Right. Like I super bonded with this baby already. And it's like, I really like, we really want this one. I mean, not that we didn't want the others, but it's just like we have waited. Now it's been two years this year of like having, no live children. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how that, like, up until you feel the baby kick, it's really hard to get that reassurance that yes. you so desperately need after miscarriage. Yes. And so you're it's... literally in this, like, limbo of just, I don't Forever. know how many, like, how many times have you thought that you lost the baby? Because, like, oh, so many I, times. Even yeah. if you're, like, in the bathroom, just, like, Sorry, do you TMI, wipe really like, hard? Pushing, or like, or like <laughs> yeah. pushing a poop out, and you're like, oh my yeah. gosh, the baby's gonna come out. Yes, yeah, I wiped so hard just to like see if I could see like a dot of blood. Oh yeah, and like somewhere the underwear literally yes. every time I go to the bathroom, uh-huh. like oh gosh, or like if you feel like a slight cramp, you're like oh my gosh, you sneeze. Like, and I need to go like, to the bathroom and check. You feel that yeah. pinch, and you're like oh no, yeah, yeah. like it's just ridiculous. I told my husband so many times that we lost the baby. The poor guy. Like, <laughs> right. They, they endure like so much of our like, yeah, business. I was like, Oh, I just know that we lost the baby. And he's like, really? And I'm like, well, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I feel like that's exactly what my husband's oh. response would be like. He'd be like, Lynn's come on. <laughs> like, do you have any solid proof? No. Okay. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited, but also just like, you know, Guard we need up this a appointment. Bit. We need this appointment next you know this Tuesday coming up and then I think I will feel much better but yeah I've been just slightly psycho this past week like any (laughs) any twins or anything I'm like oh everybody everybody stop what you're doing yeah Um, day by day that's literally the whole pregnancy is gonna be just very day by day yes Um, I mean because really even if you've miscarried and you've had losses you you can't escape pain. I mean, once you have a child, you still feel anxious about keeping that child safe and mm-hmm. like your whole life. I mean, you're just going to be full of anxiety your whole life. So it's like just another, you know, it's like not that that's all the same, but it's different. So yeah. it's like, yeah. And I think people think that the, the grieving like goes away. Like when you have your rainbow baby, that like kind of the past kind of like goes away and it, it really doesn't. It's no. weird. Yeah. It, I, it, it does yeah. to like a certain extent because like you you worked so hard for this and you you actually get to like enjoy the love you, if that makes sense yeah um like you have something you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. you have what you were fighting for but I just cried the other day because of my miscarriages like it randomly like 
blew up on me and you know like it comes out of nowhere and I was just like what the hell it does I um got my husband like a fatherhood book just like it's kind of like a funny one and I was like this is his style and he's like oh read these pages they're really funny and then like I read that chapter and then like turned the page and the next chapter was like the worst day of her life and I was like oh I have to read this like if this is like a man's perspective of miscarriage, like, okay, now I'm in like, you know? Yeah. So I read this and it just like broke my heart all over again. And I was just like sobbing, like, Oh, it's so heartbreaking for, Mm -hmm. for everyone going through it. Yeah. Just like reminded me, it took me right back. And I was like, Oh, it's just so, so hard. Even pregnancy announcements. Like I get anxiety seeing them. Like it's so weird. And it's like, but it never goes away, I don't think. No, I mean, I still see pregnancy announcements and have to like brace myself. I'm like, oh, okay, but I am like, I'm like, I I can get pregnant. Like, yes, yeah. do you like your mantras? You know? Yeah, for real. Oh gosh, well, yeah. I'm so excited for you, but I also know like the anxiety that you're dealing with. It's it's rough. <laughs> yeah, but are but... you? On, is it Zoloft that you're on? Yes, me too. I feel like it has <laughs> helped so much, and you know, my doctor's like. If you want to, you can um, choose to wean off of it in the third trimester, but, like, the risk of, like, what happens, like, with the baby is, like, not super huge. And she's, like, because then if you end up, like, feeling postpartum depression symptoms, it's, like, harder to get your dose back up, and it takes, like, yeah. three weeks. That's what so my doctor I was, like, said, too. Did you choose to stay on it then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I that's kind of my plan right now um, is to just stay on because I don't want to risk – I'm like, I already know that I'm a hot mess, like normally without that. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and I, these meds are kind of like hard because you're like, well, sometimes people do have anxiety problems before these losses, but then they, the losses can trigger it. So it's like, I don't want to stay on these forever, but I think during my like childbearing years, it's going to yep. be like I'm the whole time. <laughs> yep. I'm staying on them until I'm done having kids, I think. Yeah. And then I'll I'm pretty much sworn up. Yeah. Weaning, weaning off of it because that the second Matt and I start trying again. Oh gosh. Like that's all just, over again. Yep. Right. If it's going to be, even if we do get pregnant and it stays and everything is great. Like my anxiety is going to be high that whole entire time. Yeah. Um, so just going to do myself a favor. And, oh yeah. And, I was like, and do I my husband the that. favor. Of staying yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that, is, yeah. is like just a heads up and your doctor probably told you this, but you're, um, when you do give birth, Zoloft babies tend to come out quieter. Like, yeah, that's what she said. And I was yeah. like, you know, I think, you know, they just need a little more stimulation or something. Did yeah. you notice that Ryan had, did he need like a little more stimulation? Okay. He just, he came, he wasn't crying when he came out, which I know can be okay. like really worrisome to some people, but because mm-hmm. they like warned me about yeah. it, you know, it was totally fine. And okay. they handed him right to me and I could visibly see he was fine. And so, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, that's, that was really the only thing. But my doctor, too, he was like, the the risk of a complication is so low. And I think you just have to start outweighing your pros and cons when it comes right. to anxiety like, meds. Exactly. Yeah. So. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to somebody, though, that is on them. <laughs> yes. No, I feel like for a long time I was like, I'm not telling anyone I'm on yeah. this. Like, I felt I so shameful it. about it. But now uh-huh. I'm like, I'm proud to, like – feeling good because yeah and to like let other people know that it's okay because there is a sense of shame with it especially when you're trying to get pregnant 
um, because there, you know, if you do your research, there can be complications and it's like, gosh, do I really want to like put myself in that position? But like, right. You got to do what you got to do at some point. Um, and yeah, it's, I was very hesitant to tell people and I didn't tell people until I wrote my first ebook and that's when I announced it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, Ooh, it's off my chest. Maybe this is a good, yep. maybe I, I, I can talk about, about this. <laughs> yeah. And then once you do, you're like, all these other people are like, Oh yeah, me too. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So now we're all coming out about it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's almost like miscarriage. You don't really know. Yes. Who is. is dealing Taboo. with something. Yep. Until you announce that you're dealing with something and then you hear about it from everybody else as well. Yeah. Um, so, but is there, I've, I always ask this question, um, not to like put you on the spot, but if there is any piece of advice you would give to somebody in your situation, what would it be? Um, yeah, I feel like since I had one pregnancy where I was super excited, just like blissfully, like so into it. And then I had a second pregnancy where I was super anxious the whole time and just like in a dark place, like, oh, I'm probably going to lose this baby. Like I was just very like negative. Um, I would say for anybody who's like on that next pregnancy, I would say try to live in the happy place because you can like, like just be positive. Be like, I'm like, I'm going to have this baby. I'm like, this baby's going to be fine. I mean, I have to tell myself these things every day, but I feel like if you do that and still lose the baby, at least you had that time to bond and enjoy the pregnancy. Whereas if the whole time you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this baby. I'm freaking out. You're still going to freak out if you lose a baby. Like, yeah. well, like either way, if you do end up losing, I would rather be that, like the first pregnancy that I had. I was so happy that it was a slap in the face, but at least I had that time yeah, to enjoy the pregnancy and had memories and had pictures and like, you know, now I, I still bond with that baby way more than the second baby. So I um, totally agree. That would be my advice is just like, try to live in the happy place. I know it's hard. I'm doing that right now, but that I feel like makes a big difference because th- no matter the outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if your guard is up, you're still yes. going to grieve if something were to happen. Right. Right. So um. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited for you and I'm, I'm really, I just, I'm so excited to keep up with your journey too. So we'll have yes. to keep in touch and, um, your appointment's going to go well. Is it next Yay. week? Yes. Okay. Okay. So if someone wants to reach out to you and just relate, where can they find you? Ooh, um, can I jump off here real quick and look at my, what's my Instagram handle? That's I can put online. it in the description too. I'll oh, link okay. it. I think it's yeah. like. But Instagram Mejia. Yeah. Instagram would be best. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, I think that's, I think it's like LR Mejia 17. Yeah. But I I know spelling is is hard for my last name. So we'll, we'll spell it out. Yeah. I'll link it guys. So if you want to reach out, um, it'll be in the description of this podcast. And like Lindsay said too, just find your community. And if this is it, then this is it. Reach out to strangers on the internet. (laughs) Yes. Totally. I'm all about it. (laughs) Yep. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for jumping on and sharing your story. Yes. Thank you. We will talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.